Welcome to the Emmanuel Baptist Church Podcast. We pray that the sermon you're about to hear would be useful as you grow in your love for God and your love for His church. Now, here's today's sermon. Go ahead and turn to the book of Proverbs tonight, and we'll be doing that for a while now in uh, the evenings. Uh, I don't know if you've ever gone through the book of Proverbs uh, with, with a group before. I, I haven't. This is my first time um, preaching through the book of Proverbs, uh, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it, but I'll be honest, I'm intimidated by it a little bit, and so um, trusting you'll be gracious uh, as, I, as I give it my best. Um, but growing up, I was always, uh, I don't know, do, do you have those books in the Bible that, you know, you revere them, it's the Word of God, but maybe you, they're not your go-tos, um, and you typically gravitate towards other books? Well, um, that, was, that was me for Proverbs. I, I didn't really gravitate towards Proverbs. Uh, I didn't really know what to do with these short one-liners. Um, so many other people said, man, that's my go-to book. I, I love the one-liners. They're really helpful. Um, and praise God, that's amazing. That just wasn't me. I, I, I knew what to do with explanations, you know, in, in the book of Ephesians or Galatians. I didn't know what to do with one-liner practical advice. And so I always steer, uh, steered clear of that, um, at least as my go-to books and devotional reading. But here we are now going to study through it verse by verse together. <clears throat> Lessons of wisdom. Now, um, before we jump into the book of Proverbs in depth uh, in the coming weeks and months, um, I, I want to just lay out before you um, maybe a couple um, mishandlings of the book of Proverbs or misuses uh, or misunderstandings. Uh, of the book of Proverbs. Oftentimes, <clears throat> individuals will see the book of Proverbs as only short statements uh, for life. Like a, like a Christian fortune cookie. Right? A lot of them, uh, if you will. Um, well, well, they are short little statements uh, uh, of good advice. Um, it is God's wisdom in little nutshells, if you will, um, but it's God's wisdom, not man's lessons learned from experience that someone learned through trial and error and then wrote it down for future generations to learn from their mistakes. It's, it's much more than that. It's God's wisdom, which is eternal and not learned through experience, but rooted in God's own nature, and so that in itself makes it far more than just a, a little fortune cookie written down by somebody. Um, and it's even more than just practical advice. I think sometimes we just knock it down to only being practical advice, but it's not. Um, it is practical advice, but it's also a lens through which we can see Christ. I'm a firm believer that you can see Christ in every book of the Bible, all 66 of them. And you can see Christ in Proverbs, and we'll do that a little bit tonight. Um, but it's more than just pithy little statements. They direct us to Christ and position us at the feet of the cross and trusting in Him who can do everything that it lays out perfectly, though you and I can't. And in all the chaos that our lives bring, um, we can go to Him who has infinite wisdom, 
and direction for us when we have no direction for ourselves. This is a book that points us to Christ. It's more than just little statements. The second, I think, misuse or misunderstanding of the book of Proverbs, just to lay it there as we, as we begin, is seeing them as guaranteed promises rather than rules of thumb or, or principles to live by. That would be a mistake, I think, to see these as guaranteed promises. If you do A, you will receive B. Because they're, they're written that way. But really, I think we should see them as general truths uh, that we see, should see as a rule of thumb. Um, I think probably the most common that has led to a lot of discouragement and misunderstanding it is uh, Proverbs 22.6. Raise up a child in the ways of the Lord and he will not stray from them. Um, that's not a guaranteed promise. It's a rule of thumb. It's a principle to live by. Proverbs, I think, speaks in terms of probability and likelihood. Not certainty every time. It's kind of like a modern day proverb that we might have is uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. It's not guaranteed. (laughs) But it's a general rule of thumb. It's it's helpful advice. But it speaks as a certainty, doesn't it? Though we know it's not a certainty. And that's true for Proverbs as well. You'll see in Proverbs, he speaks quite definitively about how laziness leads to poverty. But that's not always the case. Or hard work leads to prosperity. You'll see that a lot. But again, you can be a hard worker and not ever see prosperity this side of heaven. And so, I think that can be a a misuse of the book of Proverbs. Just starting with that, I think it's really helpful um, out the gate. Now, I left you with a... uh, hoping that everyone would have uh, an outline in front of them. Um, Let me briefly run through that very quickly to kind of give you some kind of um, framework through which we're going to walk through the book of Proverbs. So the first part is, I don't know if it's so much a part of the book, but it's what we're going to be looking at tonight, and that's the introduction, the first seven verses of the book. Okay, and then part two, which I think is really the first true part of the book, um, are the ten letters or, or messages from a father to a son. There's, there's ten different addresses that a father has to his son. And they all, you can tell they're, they're distinctly divided um, because they all start roughly the same way. You can see in, uh, I'll just give you a few examples. You're going to see it in Proverbs 1, but then also Proverbs 2, uh, verse 1. If you've got your book open to Proverbs, go to Proverbs 2.1. My son, if you receive my words and my treasure and treasure up my commands with you. And he goes on. Okay, that's how he starts though. My son, receive my words and treasure up my commands. And then go to Proverbs 3 verse 1. It's the start of a new one. My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commands. And go to Proverbs 4 verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. And you can go on and on, Proverbs 5 and Proverbs 6, Proverbs 7. All of them start with this, generally the same sentence, and it's, Hear, O son, or my son, your father's instructions, and and take to heart my words. 
Um, and it's the start of a new letter or a message. Um, some would call it a song to his son. Now, we need to interpret this literally, obviously. This is Solomon, which we'll see in verse 1 here in just one second. This is Solomon writing to his actual son. This is really Solomon's words to his son. As his son prepares to take the kingly, the kingly throne. He's going to inherit that one day from Solomon. And, and Solomon wants his son, wouldn't we all, to do well in life and to thrive in this position that he's going to have. And so he's writing these letters, always singing these songs to his son saying, oh, would you just hear my advice, learn from my mistakes, learn from my successes, and live out this duty as king well. And we know actually by the end of this book, by the end of Proverbs, and by the narrative given to us in, in the book of Kings, uh, that Rehoboam, his son, uh, does not follow his dad's advice. He, he chooses the way of folly. And, uh, and underneath his leadership, Israel divides. And, um, so he doesn't follow his, his father's advice. But I think there's also, beside the, the very literal, um, historic understanding of this book, what was actually happening when he wrote it, there's also, I think, a secondary interpretation that's simultaneously happening in this book. Not only is it Solomon writing to his literal son advice, but we can also see this is the Father, Heavenly Father, writing or speaking to Christ who will sit on heaven's throne. And Christ does it perfectly. Actually, in fact, I, I, I say that this is also a simultaneous understanding of Proverbs, that the Father is speaking to Christ, because Jesus is depicted in Scripture as perfectly embodying the instructions of Proverbs. He does it. He does what the book of Proverbs calls the Son to do. And we see that in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. As Isaiah is speaking, um, and he says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. That's, that's David's father. From the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, obviously you can tell that's describing somebody who lives out the book of Proverbs. But it's interesting that he says it comes from one who is a descendant of Jesse. Well, Solomon wrote this book, Proverbs, and he's the grandson of Jesse. But we're not talking about Solomon here, is it, are we? We're talking about, Isaiah's talking about, Christ who is a descendant from Jesse, from the line of David. And so um, it is Solomon writing to his son, um, but it's also, I think, the father writing to Christ who will live it out perfectly and even deeper, I think it's the father speaking to you and I as sons and daughters of the heavenly father. He's writing to us, his children, for godly living. And so I think we should read Proverbs 1, verse 8, Proverbs 2, verse 1, Proverbs 3, verse 1, when he says, Hear, my child, the instructions of your father. I think we should 
hear that and also think, okay, God's speaking to me right now. To hear His words, to hear the wisdom of God and how I should live. And we kind of have a, a fork in the road to decide, are we going to not, like Rehoboam, or will we follow God's wisdom and live like Christ? The father, in these ten letters, writing to his son, talk about two different women that he could pursue. Of course, both figurative or symbolic. There's Lady Wisdom that the son could follow. You're going to hear the father talk a lot about Lady Wisdom, and he's encouraging his son. Solomon is encouraging his son to follow her guidance. Pursue Lady Wisdom. She's worth pursuing and it symbolizes God's wisdom. And then he says, don't pursue lady folly. Or he uses a lot of different terms, uh, the adulterous woman. Um, and he's saying, he's warning his son, really, to flee from the enticements of this woman. And I think this really does symbolize Satan's allurements in our life. So the father is encouraging the son, the child. Pursue lady wisdom. Flee from lady folly. So that's really section two. That, that's the chapters one through nine is all about the ten letters from a father to a son. And then we get to the part that Proverbs most well known for. Uh, Proverbs, which are short little sayings for godly living. This is, these are the pithy one-liners, right? That I think oftentimes people think make up the entire book of Proverbs. They don't. Uh, they actually start in chapter 10. You've got to get 10 chapters in before you get to those one-liners. And, uh, and these are the ones that we all know, right? As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Um, there is a way that appears right, but in the end it leads to death. You ever heard that one? Commit your ways to the Lord and He will establish your plans. You ever heard that one? These are from Proverbs 10 through 29. And, and they, they, they cover a vast uh, array of, of topics from money to how we use our words, work ethic and honest work, uh, sex, and, and um, promiscuity is, is talked a lot about, parenting, conflict resolutions, um, Emotions, emotions, and, and uh, how to deal with your emotions is a big topic or a theme. Uh, how to handle our personal cravings and how not to indulge in them. That's a topic uh, often talked about in these Proverbs. How to treat one another, kind of the golden rule, right? And so we'll actually be spending uh, one week, and we'll go topical when, when we get to chapter 10. We'll start just doing one topic at a time, going through chapters 10 through 29 each week, just seeing that topic. Uh, and so uh, when we get there, we'll, we'll be covering a lot of what I just said there when it comes to those topics. Then it really, the book ends with, those, with two poems. A poem, uh, a poem from Agur uh, in Proverbs 30, and then King Lemuel in Proverbs 31. And if you know Proverbs 31... It's the, the proverb of the, of the godly woman, uh, the proverbial woman uh, and wife. So, now that you kind of have a bearing of Proverbs, 
why did I pick Proverbs? <laughs> well, why? Um, why not walk into the book of Ephesians? Well, a couple reasons. First, it, it's also the Word of God. And it's just as deserving at, for your and I's consideration as the other 65 books. Um, but secondly, it, it serves a different purpose than what many other books in the Bible serve. Um, whereas Romans or, or Ephesians are very, um, well, you just know that this, the structure and the, the genre of the book um, um, lend itself to a certain kind of insight for you and I, whereas Proverbs is much more practical and to the point. And so I think it would be an unbalanced diet for you and I if we only studied that kind and never what Proverbs um, offers us. So it's the Word of God, and it's a different type of genre that many other books in the Bible um, have. But can I just say, I also picked Proverbs because I think it is particularly good for our evening crew. It's good for our evening crew. Um, Firstly, knowing the demographic is generally older than the average age on our Sunday morning, um, I think it's good to know that you're never too old to grow in wisdom. You're never too mature in your age and your wisdom to need more wisdom from God. And so I think that would be helpful. Uh, But beyond that, just think about what the book is. The book, I think it's a model for you. Particularly, the older generation Because the book is an older individual investing himself to give wisdom to the next generation behind him. I hope you would take that as a model for your own life. You see, just speaking pastorally, but also selfishly, you have something to offer. And I don't want you to waste that. You have years of walking with God that I don't have. That Pastor Trent doesn't have. That many in our church don't have. And it would be such a shame for us not to receive that from you. And so I think Proverbs being that kind of model is particularly helpful for our evening crew. Just as Solomon looked to the next generation and said, please hear this wisdom that I've received from God. I'd encourage you to also soak up what this book says and don't let it stop there. Turn to the next generation. And so I think it's helpful for you to study this book with me and, and uh, that we would study it together. So that's, those are a few reasons why I picked Proverbs. Now, now that we're 20 minutes in, and that was my introduction, let's actually look at the book of Proverbs. What do you guys think? Okay, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and I'm just going to just kind of walk through it, okay? Let's start in verse 1. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Pause. We're only going to verse 7, and I'm going to pause a few different times. I already 
kind of address this, but this immediately, just in what Solomon felt necessary to say, Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, it immediately puts this book in the scope of a messianic line. This should shape our minds. As soon as we read verse 1, our minds should be going off right now with alarms that this is messianic. This is, this, this is triggering alarms that this could be seen as referring to the Messiah. Son of David, King of Israel. Of course, Solomon isn't. But Christ is the greater Son of David, King of Israel. So this is the book, based off verse 1, this is God's wisdom for the one who will take the throne one day from the line of David. The one who will sit on the throne as king who came out of the line of David. This is wisdom from him and for him. So, I think, uh, of course, already in verse 1 we're seeing this is not just a book of pithy little statements. This is a book that points us to Christ. Okay, so that's who is writing. Now let's consider why he's writing and who he's writing to. Why he's writing and who he's writing to. Let's read verses 2 through 5. This is what God's Word says. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge, and discretion, to the youth. So, why is Solomon writing? Why is he taking time to put pen to paper? Well, I mean, most obviously is for the sake of growing in intellect to whoever he's writing to, that they would grow in intellect. Can you, can you see that? To, to know, to know what? Wisdom, instruction, understanding, prudence. To grow in what we know about this world and life to grow intellectually. And I think it's helpful to see in verses 3 and 4, this wisdom or these instructions or this understanding um, should be received by you and given from you. I think there's this receiving and giving um, that you can see in verses 3 and 4. So, knowledge or insights about life, I don't think should just be kept up here, right? Up in the dome. Firstly, we need to receive instructions. Receive instructions, verse 3. And this requires you and I to be humbly uh, receptive, doesn't it? So, we have to approach the, the book of Proverbs humbly in order to receive it. Willing to admit that we need to learn and we've got some growth to do. But not only to receive it, but then to give it. So to pass it on once we do receive it, to turn around and pass it on to others. This means we can't harbor what we know or what we have for ourselves. Right? What a shame that would be. What a shame, what a shame that would be to receive and not to give. I think this is true for the gospel too. Just a side note off of this. This is true for the gospel as well. What a shame it would be to know the gospel, 
to treasure the gospel, to enjoy the gospel, to be saved by the gospel, to cling and trust in the gospel, but not to give it out. What a shame that would be, right? I mentioned this morning that Pastor Trent and I are reading through Pilgrim's Progress um, together devotionally, uh, um, book written by John Bunyan, and there's a, there's a quote in there that he and I talked about this past week where he's talking about the things of God, heaven, and the glories that we can behold and, and wait for. And he says, I appreciate the things of God with my mind more than I do with my tongue. And I just was honest with Trent. I said, man, I, I, I'm convicted by that because I think oftentimes I can also appreciate the things of God more with my mind than I do with my tongue. And what a shame that is. That I enjoy thinking about the things of God. I enjoy meditating on the truths and the promises that God has for me. And yet I give second thought to talking about it to somebody that also needs to hear it. It shouldn't be. And I think that's true for wisdom as well. To get, to receive it and to give it. But this isn't just for headspace. Solomon, I think God also, uh, the Holy Spirit, has more in mind for Proverbs than just for you and I to fill up our heads. It's for practical reasons. So he is writing for the sake of, of intellect, right? To, to know, verse 2. But also for practical reasons is why he's writing. Do you see that in verse 3? To, to receive instructions. <clears throat> why? And wise dealings in righteousness, justice, and equity. Why does he want us to know how to deal with things? Because he wants to see wise dealings take place. For righteousness to reign, for justice to be served, for equity, equity to be given. So it's not just for our heads to get puffed up with more knowledge for the sake of knowledge. But he's writing the book of Proverbs that we would take that information, take that wisdom and knowledge that we've received, and to bless others and society with it. To bless others in society with it. So, just speaking personally, Isaac here. I I want to make a difference in people's lives. I don't know about you. Do you want to do you want to make a difference in, in people's lives? To to go out at the end of life knowing I made a difference in another person's life. I do. I want to make a difference in people's lives with what the Bible has has taught me, what has shown me. And whether that, wh- wherever that's at, I want it to be everywhere I go to, to take the wisdom and instructions and the gospel that I've received and use it for wise dealings in life, for righteousness sake in society, for justice to be served, for equity to be given. And so, Whatever circles you might be in, use what God is saying to you. Not just store it up here, but use it practically. Whether it be in society at large or um, when you're voting, when you're talking about politics, 
when you're at Walmart or in your apartment complex or in your neighborhood, in your friend groups, in your workspace, in your business deals, in your conversations in the hallways here. May wisdom and instructions from God inform us in how to live out all of those parts of our lives. So that's why he's writing. For knowledge's sake, but more than knowledge's sake, for practical reasons and for societal impacts. Now who is he writing to? Verses 4 through 6. He says to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the youth. Just pause there for a second. So he's writing, at least firstly, to the simple and youthful. This is obviously true literally, right? For someone who is young and unsure of many things in life, hasn't lived much life yet and needs a lot of instructions. This is for them. This is is for me. I think it's also true spiritually because you can be 80 years old and spiritually immature and simple. Spiritually. Drinking milk is, is the way that the New Testament talks about that. You can be 70 and really needing Wisdom, because spiritually young in your faith. So he's writing to those who are simple and youthful, but not just to those who are simple and youthful, but also verse 5. Hear this. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. Let the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. See, you're never beyond the Word of God, and you're never above the Word of God. You're never not in need of it. No matter how young or old you are, or wise or unwise, spiritually mature or spiritually immature, you're never not in need of what God has to say in this book. So that's who he's writing to. Everyone. He's writing to you in this book. He's writing to you. And the last verse that we're going to look at tonight is really the key to Proverbs. Imagine imagine there be a door. Um, and we want to Get in through the door to enjoy the treasures that Proverbs contains for you and for me. But the door is locked. How can you get in? How can you enjoy all that Proverbs has for you? You need the key. And verse 7 is the key. To open that door, to get in there and enjoy the blessings that Proverbs has for you. Verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the key to understanding Proverbs. And it's interesting, it's actually opposed to being foolish. You're either fearful of God or a fool. That, that, that's what verse 7 is saying. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. How, do, how should we fear the Lord? And how does that lead to understanding Proverbs, right? How does fearing God have anything to do with being wise? Well, I think fear, or fearing God, is a healthy recognition of how he's a lot bigger. He's a lot more powerful. He's a lot more knowledgeable. He is superior and in charge and greater in every way. That's what it means to fear God. To see Him as massive, to see you as little and see Him as huge. And you need that in order to receive what He has to say. I think the fear of the Lord has a lot to do with humility of self. To receive God's wisdom in Proverbs, you must first accept that God is a lot bigger and a lot greater than you. And you have a lot to learn. You have to know yourself. I'm not as wise as I think I am. I'm imperfect and I don't know everything. Far from it. And, and I have to know Him. He knows everything. He has seen everything. And I can learn Everything that comes out of his mouth. He is big and I am small. And whenever I have that recognition, I have the fear of the Lord. I can sit underneath him and soak it up. That's the key to Proverbs. So, how do I hope you read Proverbs as we go through this? And I hope you do read it devotionally throughout the weeks. How do I hope you read Proverbs? Well, Firstly, see Christ in it. It's not just pithy statements. Don't, don't deduce it just to, reduce it just to that. See Christ in it. He does all of it perfectly and flawlessly for us. And then secondly, see it as instructions from your heavenly Father to you personally. Kind of like, kind of like um, a father that when something happens in front of his young child, and the dad says, that's a, that's a lesson that he can learn from. You know what I'm talking about? That's a lesson he can learn. He, he can understand that. I'm going to capitalize on this moment. Son, come over here. Right? And he gets down. Come here. Sit on my lap. And he picks him up, sits him on his lap. He says, I want, do you see what just happened, buddy? It's a father writing to a son. So I'd encourage you to see yourself as that child and him as the Heavenly Father who has so much to give you. See this as instructions from your Father for you personally. So you have to put away all spiritual pride to read Proverbs. You've got to just put it away. Put away all spiritual pride and humbly, humbly take up Proverbs with an expectation to learn what you don't know. And then, use it to pass on godly wisdom to those who are behind you on this journey called life. See it, firstly, as talking about Christ. Secondly, see it as personal instructions for you. And then use it to pass on to the next generation behind you. And lastly, use it to make a difference 
for those around you. Fighting for justice, for equity, for righteousness. And I think if we do all of that, I think we'll be, we have to a good start, certainly. But I think God's word will grow rich in you and I. And that's the goal, isn't it? That's the goal. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. If you live in or near Bethany, Missouri, we invite you to join us for our worship services held on Sunday morning and Sunday evenings, as well as our various activities on Wednesday nights. For more information on how you can get involved, visit our website at bethanyibc.com. 